0: This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com.
1: Hi, this is Evelyn Lopez. Today on another episode of Crossing Division, the Tacoma talk show, we are talking about the 2020 Pierce County Sheriff's race, which may seem a little premature because we're not even to election day in 2019, but this is a big one. And so we thought we'd get started early. Plus, we have an article on Channel 253 that is right on point. So with me today, I have Sean Robinson. Sean, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what you're doing these days?
2: Uh, I am Sean Robinson. I wrote for the Tacoma News Tribune for 20 years up until March of this year when I decided to depart. Mm -hmm. And now I'm writing occasionally for Channel 253 and teaching uh, communications and journalism at Pacific Lutheran University.
1: Excellent. Uh, We are also joined by Derek Young, my favorite uh, Pierce County Council member (laughs) since I live in Derek's district. Uh, Derek, please introduce yourself.
3: Uh, well, Derek Young, and I <laughs> have the privilege of serving. Um, well, I represent on the Pierce County Council the sort of northwest portion of the county. So, uh, the city of Tacoma, of course, uh, but also the peninsulas and islands on the other side of the bridge where I'm from.
1: Great. And I should note, we are coming to you today from the beautiful Moonyard Studios in North Tacoma, where fall is definitely in the air. It's cold, but clear and dry, which is important. So, Sean, I want to start out with you. You recently wrote a story for Channel 253 about the upcoming change in the Pierce County Sheriff's Office because we have a long-time, very good, I think, very good sheriff, Paul Pastor, who is retiring. And so we're looking at a new sheriff for Pierce Pierce County after, what, 20 years?
2: 20 years, and uh, we've actually had... A lot of stability in the Pierce County Sheriff's Office and the Tacoma Police Department, mm-hmm. where the the current chief has been there since uh, 2003. Um, so Pastor, uh, who came here in 2000, announced that he is stepping down in the first quarter of next year. He hasn't said exactly when. Okay. Uh, but that opens the door for someone new to run this. Huge agency, right? That uh, not only deploys three hundred odd commissioned officers, but runs the county jail, uh, consumes and, and controls a great big chunk of the county budget. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, who, whoever takes over that agency is going to be a significant figure, whoever yeah. that may be.
1: It's a big profile in Pierce County. Well, Derek, I think I – th- I thought Sheriff Pestor was, was planning on a retirement in January 2020, but it, maybe it's not that definite. But that's a good period of time before the election. Mm-hmm. So what happens when he leaves? Uh, does the county council take action?
3: Yeah. So it's a little unusual in that because it's not a partisan position, we don't go through the normal appointment process. Um, okay. But, the, yes, the county council will have to make a, an appointment to replace um, the sheriff. And so basically what will happen is uh, we're actually going to put out a a uh, notice um, asking for people to apply a little bit later this year, since we at least have notice that he's going to. We don't have the date certain yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll start that process of interviewing and um, basically starting to decide who will pick to replace him. Um, and then at that point, we can't actually make the appointment until the position is vacant. Yeah. He's indicated that it'd be the end of January or early part of February. Okay. Uh, so sometime around then we'll actually make the appointment. But yeah, it will be a vote of the county council.
1: And so that would be to hire someone on a as sort of an acting or interim basis for the remainder of his term. Correct. So through the end of the year.
3: Yep. So that it, will, it would actually be up until the point where the election is certified. Mm. So for example, if, um, if we had let's say, you know, somebody that didn't run, Uh, they would be acting sheriff um, until the point where that person can be sworn in. And so sometime in late November, usually, uh, you know, barring any kind of craziness with recounts and all that kind of stuff.
1: Okay. All right. So um, we'll have someone As an interim, I think, uh, Sean, in your article, it it looked like the two people who were very seriously exploring this, neither one of them thought they would want to be the interim.
2: I think that's right. I'm sure that's right of Doug Richardson. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say the name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll get into the names. (coughs) Uh, County Councilman Doug Richardson, uh, who expressed his interest, Uh, and I'm less certain on Ed on Troyer, Ed. the sheriff's current spokesman, yeah. uh, who also expressed his interest in running, but I don't know whether he would seek the appointment. My instinct is no, mm-hmm. but that's just my instinct.
1: That's inter- So, yeah, right now um, nobody has filed with the PDC saying I'm opening a campaign and I'm running for sheriff. That's not that surprising since it's, you know, a year until election day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, technically anyone who is Running becomes a candidate, has two weeks then to file with the PDC and open their campaign. And the way you signal under the PDC's laws, the state's laws, that you're a candidate is you announce it publicly or you ask for money mm-hmm. or you spend money. So presumably the two people that are evaluating at this point, haven't done any of that. And I noticed in your article, they were very careful to say, I am I am thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to my family. I'm exploring it. I'm not ready to make a commitment yet. And I think that they are still on the safe side of not having declared a candidacy. But let's talk about them. So you mentioned Doug Richardson and Ed Troyer. Um, so tell us, let's see, I'll start with, uh, actually, Derek, I'll ask you to describe Doug Richardson since you've been working with him on the county council. Sure.
3: Uh, So he's been the uh, council chair for uh, the last, gosh, I guess it's, uh, we're going into the fourth year, um, which is actually kind of unusual. Uh, Mm -hmm. Typically, uh, council chairs serve for for about a two-year term before uh, cycling off. Um, He represents the uh, sort of southern end of um, uh, of the county on the... West Side. So, uh, starting in Lakewood, mm-hmm. uh, where he was a longtime city council member and mayor, um, actually one of the founding city council members for the city. Um, and then down through uh, Stellicum, DuPont, um, and Parkland, mm-hmm. the unincorporated areas to the east. And, um, you know, he's got a reputation as a more, uh, uh, I guess, moderate kind of Republican. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, not a super partisan guy. In fact, it's somebody I I work really closely with, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. If there's often a compromise to be had, um, very often he's looking for, you know, that path. Um, Not always, but, you Mm -hmm. know, um, very often that's who I go to to try to work something out if we have disagreements. Um, He's um, also a very uh, well-liked person. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. even people who get frustrated, you know, I think by his – political views, uh, would agree that he's a, a, a not a bomb thrower by any means. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, his background, which uh, a lot of people know, but, um, you know, just for listeners, mm-hmm. he is uh, he has a background in the military where he was a um, army ranger, um, was a captain here in the second um, uh, uh, battalion and uh, worked his way up into I believe he was a, a, a I believe he retired at a a brigadier general. That's right. Um, Army
2: Reserve Brigadier General.
3: Yes. Um, And, uh, you know, went off to the private sector for a little Mm -hmm. bit before returning to uh, office, um, uh, the public sector as a county council member. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, well, that's not. I mean, yeah. I've only met him a couple of times, but I've always liked him and, and thought well of him. So yeah, I think he's a, he's a reasonably good candidate. What's well,
3: unusual about it is is that you know, and and he's you know understands that this would be a little different. Is even though he's been in leadership and, and a uniform service. Um, Uh, He is not
1: uh, from law enforcement. Right. No law enforcement background. Which
3: is, uh, yeah, no law enforcement, which is unusual. Um, It's not completely unheard of. Washington does have some laws um, regarding what special things they would need to do. Um, One thing that a lot of people don't realize about counties is that um, unlike police chiefs who are almost always appointed, Mm -hmm. um, uh, elected sheriffs are almost always elected. Mm -hmm. Uh, We spent a period where ours was not elected. Um, but the, uh, if you look sort of nationally and especially, you know, I'm pretty active in our national association, sheriff deputy, uh, sheriff departments tend to be run by a former member from their ranks,
0: yeah, um, and yeah. with
3: very few exceptions. So this would be a bit unusual, but certainly he's got that leadership experience. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of the job is really just, I mean, uh, you know, Sean was talking about how large this department is, yeah. you know, you run a very large jail and a very large operational division. Um, you know, so you end up with hundreds and hundreds of employees, It's not, you know, them patrolling, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. you might see in a very small sheriff department. It's
1: it's not Mayberry. Right. Yeah. So, Sean, uh, the other person who's who's said he's sort of looking at it is Ed Troyer. I'm assuming you know Ed fairly well from his years as being the communications person for the sheriff's office.
2: I know Ed. I know Doug, too. I know them both having covered the county council for the last few years and covering – criminal justice in mm-hmm. this county for the last 20. Everybody, mm-hmm. any journalist who has covered crime in this county knows Ed Troyer. Yeah.
1: So tell me about Ed.
2: Um, he, His name and face are ubiquitous. Yeah, everywhere. On, on any uh, breaking crime scene, uh, he's the guy who's coming in, talking to the cameras, mm-hmm. giving the first reports of what's going on and uh, you know, I grew very accustomed to having him as a source. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he is available. He can sometimes be scattered because his whole mindset and job has been responding to breaking incidents and sometimes those details uh, get sketchy mm-hmm. in the first stages. Uh, but he was always honest with me. Uh, I never had a uh, bad encounter with him. Um, I could always count on him to get me the information I needed, as long as I could hunt him down. Mm-hmm. Um, every reporter I've ever worked with has had some contact with him or calls with him. Um, in terms of his relationship to the to the county government and you know other county leaders, it was pleasant as a reporter to have someone who would. Be straight with you. Yeah. Uh, And sometimes he would do that where others would not.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I can see that. Um, So, one of the things I think is very interesting is um, Ed Troyer's been in law enforcement, but he's really been in a communications position for a significant portion of it. Yeah. Like 30 years, I think he's been in communications.
2: Yeah. And you would, the, the most obvious comparison uh, is uh, our neighboring county in King where mm-hmm. John Urquhart, who was a longtime communications guy, uh, rose to the sheriff's office uh, after being their spokesman for a long time and uh, you know, got elected. I can't remember if he got elected twice or once. I know I th- he got unelected once, recently.
1: Yeah. I don't know if he made it to a second term, actually. It seemed like things got hot for him pretty quickly.
2: Right. But it was the same kind of thing where he was able to trade on mm-hmm. – significant name ID right. and just vault into that position.
1: Well, you know, the so it's interesting because the public has a lot of contact with that person. You know, that's the person they see on the news. They see their name in the paper. And so that person has, I think, of a sort of an aura of, you know, I'm I'm the guy, you know, who knows what's what's what. And now I would say Urqu- Urquhart more than Troyer because Urquhart had sort of a more... I don't know. Sort of a, a gravitas. More, yeah, a little bit more of a serious demeanor. Where I think Ed Troyer's a little bit of you know the guy you can talk to persona.
2: I would agree with that.
1: Yeah, and but the interesting thing is, you know, this is a management position, a huge management position, and I don't think he has any experience that I'm aware of managing.
2: I would say not formally, uh, but he's been in on everything
1: oh, true. for a long time, yeah.
2: and he's been part of past stores inner circle for a long time, uh, and Pastor has leaned on him, given him free reign. If you compare the way the sheriff's office runs to the way the Tacoma Police Department runs, Mm -hmm. which I had to do just as a matter of course covering crime, uh, Tacoma— very buttoned down, very tight. People don't like to talk over there. And it would be – then you'd go over to the sheriff's office and try to find something out. And here's Ed going, oh, there, here's the story. Yeah. And you're like, oh, thanks, Ed. That helps. Yeah, uh, And y- y- you would have much more difficulty in the formal sense kind of prying details out of Tacoma mm-hmm. because their ship was just a different kind of a ship and their attitude was different. Mm-hmm.
1: So what do you both think about some of the issues that are be um Pierce County Sheriff's Office, Derek. I'm thinking, it's a big county, and it's quite different. I mean, I think some of the issues that are at the south end of the county, or you know, some of the areas in your district. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how much how much of your district is served by the sheriff versus uh, police departments. Almost half. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so. I think that's a little bit different. I would assume it's somewhat different. Maybe it's not from like the areas over Eatonville, Puyallup, um, you know, sort of east side of the county.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, my district and um, and sort of the east side of the county uh, share both, you know, we have what we call detachments. They, mm-hmm. And they in some ways, it's probably not a phrase we should use because often that is the problem is people feel detached. Yeah. And so uh, it's the least policed area and, they, you know, they're the most rural areas. And so these rural areas, you know, rural areas in general don't get much um uh, Service just as a matter of right. you know, just that's, the real
1: estate alone. It, it's uh, more it's difficult a to cover,
3: um, but the geography is also very difficult, and mm-hmm. so it leads to um, you know, frankly, poor uh, response times. Um, yeah. The sheriff department in, in on the operation side is well understaffed compared to. You know, what I trust is pretty objective analysis in terms of uh, policing per, you know, 1,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just to give you kind of a picture of what it looks like, um, the city Gig Harbor, which is also in my district and, uh, you know, a smaller department, um, has on it at, at any given time about two officers and a sh- and a sergeant on duty um, for a rather small city of about 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. The rest of the peninsulas and islands um, have a, that same staffing level. For the other 50,000 people um, and many more miles. Uh, So in a lot of these areas, you get far away from help. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's dangerous both for the deputies and for the public. Um, Then you have sort of the urban part of uh, Pierce County that's unincorporated. And that area um, is fairly high crime, unfortunately. Um, So it necessitates a much higher uh, presence for just basic response. Mm -hmm. Um, And... um, then you have a uh, uh, situation that's unique for sheriff sheriff's department and that uh, we're also a contract agency. So we still provide police services to the city of University Place, um, the city okay. of Edgewood, uh, city of Eatonville, I believe. I'm sorry, Eatonville, if I'm getting that wrong because they've been sort of the in and, and out. The town of Eatonville. The uh, town, yeah. Eric. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. <laughs> um, uh, and then also Pierce Transit um, uh, security. Right. Oh, okay. um, uh, so. Okay. Um, We also provide um, a a number of specialty services, so SWAT, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, um, drug investigation, you know, uh, pretty much any kind of special thing that you can think of. The Marine Services Unit, you know, we have a jet boat that can get, you know, places really quickly. Yeah, that's uh, – although at some point we're going to have to replace it. And Mm. the Department of Homeland Security isn't as free with the grant funds, so I'm not sure that Mm. that that will – Keep happening, yeah, and then you know, we of course have the jail to run, and that jail serves um, you know, it's not every city in Pierce County, but it's most of the population of Pierce County, and so and that in itself is kind of an unusual service that they provide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, On top of that, uh, sheriff uh, departments also have. Um, you know, courthouse security, a civil division that, that – uh, you know, if unfortunately you have like a eviction or something along those lines, you know, oh, that's – come out
1: and do the that, – That's evictions. who serves. Okay.
3: So uh, there's a lot of things you don't think about that right. – you know, if you were looking at our budget, you go, wow, there's not many, you know, patrol deputies compared to the size of the budget. It's because there's a lot of things that
2: have to be done. Oh, OK. Let me build on that a little yeah, bit I because I think um, it would be – I'm not saying this is Derek's perception, but it it would be a mistake to think of the sheriff's office as just this sort of podunk thing serving all these rural communities. It's not. It's a hybrid. We have these big suburban, uh, semi-urban areas outside of the major cities just on the edges of them. They're serving all that. And anything that requires a regional response, they're there. They're working with – the city police departments especially tacoma all the time mm-hmm. so there's a lot of crossover and spillover and i think of them as more of an urban agency than a rural agency mm-hmm. even though they have to go out there and deal with stuff mm-hmm. in the sticks at uh, you know at mount rainier and all these places
1: well and certainly when a uh, a a big, horrific event occurs, and I'm thinking of, like, the Lakewood All hands of on police deck. officers. Mm-hmm. That became an investigation of the Pierce County Sheriff because, obviously, Lakewood wasn't in a position to investigate it.
3: Well, and actually, at that point, they were still part of our department. Oh, were um, they? Yeah, Lakewood so was they weren't, still— So they hadn't separated so out. So they were sheriff deputies at that time. Okay. Um, yeah, Lakewood chose to go off on its own. Um, you, you know, that's— yeah. You'll find that that's the case in a lot of mm-hmm. situations too. Yeah, where there's conflict, uh, investigations that have to be done, and um, or just overlapping jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they work together a lot. And actually, this is one nice thing about our area. You'll find in a lot of cases that sheriff departments and uh, their, uh, you, you know, sort of constituent city agencies don't get along well. Right. Uh, in fact, it's sort of kind of a trope at <laughs> this yeah, point. Exactly. Um, that's really not the case here. They, yeah. they actually work pretty closely, especially in the outlying areas, like in Gig Harbor, for example. They are very tight with the sheriff deputies there and back but each other up.
1: Is is that in part because of Sheriff Pastor, or is that just because it's, it's a people are good people and we seem to have more commonality in, in this area?
3: I would say a bit of both. Okay. I, you know, I, I want to give credit to the, to the deputies and, and mm-hmm. you know, rank and file as well and their philosophy. But, uh, but frankly, that's been, a, that's been something that the sheriff has really focused on yeah. throughout his career. He's wanted to make this a regional agency. In fact, you know, to a degree, he's wanted to say, you know, some of your cities should maybe think whether or not it's financially responsible. To have your own agency, maybe well, we can I, do it I, for cheap.
1: I certainly don't know why cities like Furcrest and Ruston have their own police departments. I mean, the expenses of policing—just, uh, I mean, even if you have, if you have five police officers, the pension, you know, contributions and the salaries and everything alone, you know, and when these are low crime cities to begin with. Don't
2: you believe in local control? No. Okay.
1: A lot of times, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of fiscal sense to me. But so, given some of these things, um, what are some of the things that we think the next sheriff should be able to do. And if you're comfortable, do you think these two individuals have those skills?
2: Uh, let me take a shot. Um, I think Doug Richardson, who is an extremely nice man. Yes. And has always been straight with me mm-hmm. and responsive to me. Um, will have a learning curve. um that is daunting just because he hasn't been in that cop culture.
1: Well, and I think the thing that would would be a concern for me, and not that this would be a reason to not support him because I I think very highly of him, but um, is he going to be able to get his troops behind him if he doesn't come from that culture?
2: That will be a challenge. He is... A smart guy. Mm-hmm. He, he he has the ability to be diplomatic and navigate relationships with all those people. Uh, he is a little straight laced, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's more my instinct than any anything in particular. He doesn't read cop to me, and I don't know how else to put that except having worked with them. There is a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows budgets. He mm-hmm. certainly knows the numbers, having, you know, built these budgets with Derek and other council members over the last eight years of his term. He knows that stuff inside and out. Whether that can translate to leading this big, diverse agency, cop shops are uh, <laughs> are uh, interesting places. Mm-hmm. they are gossip mills. There's <laughs> a lot of internal rivalries. There's a lot of stuff. They're, yeah. you know, like it's a giant hen house. Um, it would be a very different thing for Doug compared to a gang of council members or Lakewood, where he started. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't doubt that he could get there, but I think there's a, a lot of learning he would have to do. Mm hmm. Mm
1: hmm. What about Ed Troyer?
2: Well, that's a different thing. That's a harder one to know. Yeah. Uh, he, Ed does read Cop. Yes. Um, And he does a bunch of his nonprofit stuff with, uh, you know, he's Uh, watching his
1: most wanted and and
2: crime stoppers Stoppers. and toy drives and all that stuff. But there is a wooliness to him. I I, I can't think of a better adjective where you're like, okay, you know, I know you can handle a a breaking scene and a bunch of cameras. I don't know if you're going to be able to interface with a bunch of other. Cop, cop leaders, and mm-hmm. say, "Here's how this goes." Right. Uh, that's the thing. I haven't seen him do that, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think, and it depends to some degree on how he is perceived and regarded within that department. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't have a super good feel for that either. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think. Um, I think. I think that's fair. I also think that. You know, there's always, and I, I was reading past um, newspaper articles for a while um, yesterday, too. There are always some sort of hinky personnel things going on, too. Constant. And that is very, you know, I, I managed a large office for years myself, and that is very difficult. You, ha- There's a certain s- set of skills and a personality that's a little bit able to handle people doing, you know, crazy-ass nonsense and I and I think sometimes if you're a little bit more of a police mentality, you just want to smack them <laughs> and say stop. And that and that doesn't always work. So,
2: That's true. And yeah. and that would be maybe that would be an area where Doug would have an advantage. Maybe. Um, one thing Troyer said to me in the in the story is that he w- would try to preserve the current leadership structure that, mm-hmm. that Pastor established and build on it and not come in and make a bunch of changes. Now Doug did not say. Here's my vision for the sheriff's department. I'm going to, you know, tear it down to the studs and rebuild it and put all the people I like. And he didn't say any of those things. uh, But he didn't articulate any particular, you know, I want to do this and I want to do that. Yeah. So it's a bit of a mystery there as to what he would want to do.
1: Right. Well, Derek, do you have any sense, uh, sort of, I guess, maybe the sense from the council perspective of thinking that the sheriff's department is – a pretty well-run organization, or an or something that could have some problems lurking in it that would be surprises for someone.
3: Um, you know, I think there's a couple things that that need to be worked on, and one reason that I'm, I'm still kind of anxiously waiting. That there's there's likely at least one other candidate coming from the ranks that's okay. considering it. Um, I would be surprised if there wasn't a third mm-hmm. um, uh, get into the race. Um, whether or not it's the one that I'm thinking of, but there's there's a couple lingering issues the jail um uh, it's in a much better situation than it was just a couple years ago mm-hmm. when i first arrived to the council yeah, they were
1: a, really serious financial yeah issues. we were we were
3: kind of constantly throwing cash at it mm-hmm. i it's got this giant hvac system on the top of the roof that um when it's cold it's it steams and looks like it's burning smoke and I I always picture it as this thing that we're uh, – a furnace that we're shoveling cash into. Yeah, just burning uh, the money. Because it's just – it was astonishing. At one point, we passed a $5 million um, supplemental for it, and then they came back at the end of the year for more, and I about lost my mind. Right. Um, And so a lot of that is stabilized, but I don't know that the the core issues are totally gone, and Mm -hmm. we're certainly not so far removed from it that um, I feel like it's – you know, completely fixed. Uh, so,
1: whoever the new sheriff is, it might benefit everyone if there was some digging into and really getting down to what's going on in the jail.
3: Yeah, a- unfortunately, because it just the nature of the of the position, I think corrections gets missed as a core component of mm-hmm. the department, and as a result, um, it's a place, and you you'll find this elsewhere too. It's not just Pierce County where. The jail is a problem. And in part of it, it's just the nature of the business. But, you know, for example, we had a we had a contract, uh, and I think it was a foolish decision, and it was the councils to contract out medical services mm-hmm. to a private for-profit company. Oh, yeah. um, and we found out they were denying basic care and violating the civil rights of our inmates you well, know, you, that are you in you got to make a buck somehow, yeah, right? And so we got embroiled in lawsuits with them. And it's just, you know, that's the sort of thing that can happen in these, ca- mm-hmm. in these uh, jails. Very often, I mean, you know, enormous number of people in there. Are sick as their core issue, yeah. and you know that's that's something you have to deal with. Um, you know, and then the on the operations side, we have not been without some issues from a uh, personnel mm-hmm. um, uh, basis. And I I am far enough removed from it, I can't tell. And it's kind of happened all of a sudden, so I don't know if it's you know systemic or kind of a you know law of small numbers. We just ran into a spate of these all mm-hmm. at once, but. It's something that I think the next sheriff will need to deal with regardless. And so th- there are some some issues there. And then, frankly, you know, getting back to that last issue is how do you run a department that is, frankly, understaffed and doesn't look like it's going to get any better? And it's not because of a lack of willpower on the council. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just county budgets are broken in Washington. Our right. tax code is messed up. Everything is highly localized. So in a relatively poor and high-crime county – Um, we're going to struggle for resources. So how do you make it work? Mm -hmm. Um, Those are difficult things. Mm -hmm. Um, So for either Doug or or, uh, Ed Troyer or whoever else, I think there's challenges to be had. I I don't think anybody's going to walk into a department that's, you know, even as highly as I have regarded, um, Sheriff Pastor, you know, there's plenty of things to be doing. Uh, And one thing I'll add to just, you know, a little bit in Doug's defense um, is that, you know, Sheriff Pastor, while he was law enforcement, um, he came from kind of the academics. Side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went straight into senior management, mm-hmm. um, has never really walked a beat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does occasionally, I think, as much to make sure he understands what it's like and also because they're short-staffed. Right. So, you know, he always jokes on Fourth of July and New Year's Eve, he's— He's on duty. He's yeah. on duty. Um, but, you, you know, he— Came from sort of the more uh, theoretical background, yeah. More it,
1: criminal justice, yeah, type. exactly.
3: And so, you know, that's that is another path. So, yeah. um, and and also, frankly, if you can handle this council, uh, you can handle anything.
1: That's true. That's my that's, that's true. my theory. Well, let's take a break here, <laughs> and then when we come back, I want to talk about some issues that I think will come up, and and sort of your thoughts on them.
0: Channel two five three is brought to you by Alaska Airlines. They're my airline of choice. When I need to book a flight, I don't mess with the travel sites anymore. I go straight to Alaska Air and book direct. It's not even a question for me. When I'm on board, the flight attendants are courteous and the service is efficient. That's really important to me. Also, they've got a killer cheese plate. Seriously, get the fruit and cheese plate next time you fly. And they have Northwest craft beers. I feel like a human when I fly Alaska. I'm a customer, not a commodity. Alaska is such a good airline and has such good service, I forgive them for sponsoring the Timbers, my rival. And if I'm willing to do that, you know Alaska must be good. I'm Nate Bowling, Alaska Airlines MVP, and I fly Alaska.
1: Hi, we're back on Crossing Division talking about the Pierce County Sheriff's potential, well, not potential, definite campaign in 2020 for a new sheriff in town. But first, I want to remind you all, uh, if you are not members of Channel 253, we would love to have you join us. And it's only $4 a month. So less than a latte at Starbucks, and you can have access to prime content, including when Sean writes one of his great stories, Channel 253 members get access to it days before the general public.
2: That's right.
1: It's a scoop. So let me ask you about some issues that I see and get your thoughts on sort of big issue, small issue. What do you think uh, candidates need to do? Again, keep in mind, so we've got two people we know are exploring it, and maybe Mm -hmm. we've got some mystery candidates in the wings.
2: I think I know of two other possibilities.
1: Okay, good. Very good. So the first is community relationships. I don't think that law enforcement has done as much as I would like to see them do in making... Um, you know, building relationships like with the Puyallup tribe and with other uh, communities that sort of get a disproportionate share of hard policing.
2: Mm-hmm. What do you think? I I think Pastor, um, who, as Derek said, is a, a very smart man. He can, you know, go from quoting police policy to Umberto Eco and right. Firesign Theater in the drop of a hat. Uh, Literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah,
3: yeah, he's not exaggerating.
2: (laughs) Really good at uh, talking to people, reaching out Mm -hmm. to people, being a diplomat, being a good um, public steward and servant. Um, And he, uh, I think, was kind of happy, is kind of happy doing those things. Mm -hmm. And, And he has some natural gifts at it. So the next person who comes in is going to have to be able to do that. And, yeah, I agree that reaching out to groups where the only time they tend to see the sheriff is when somebody's family member is being taken it's away. It's just,
1: you know, unfortunately, we've been lucky. Yeah, other than the maybe the um, you know, Justice for Jackie situation, we haven't had too many of the, you know, brutal Policing, but we've had incidents. I think the one, the ones I'm more aware of, have to do with the Tacoma Police Department than the Sheriff's Office. But, you know, you're always just one incident away from everything heating up and blasting. Oh yeah,
3: and, and you know, I, I I will say that part of that has been their approach a little bit has I think bought. You know, uh, both you know, Chief Ramsdell and and uh, Sheriff Pastora has, uh, I think, bought them some credibility because I I remember you know after Ferguson mm-hmm. when there was a march, they, it was them you know helping lead sure. it uh, on uh, the walk up the hill to the uh, church and and they were both pretty active in that you know and trying to listen and so I I think yeah the the next the whoever's running for this needs to figure out their approach to those issues yeah because
1: and- you know a person so a person like me i agree i, I went to that uh, program as well and i thought it's really nice to see tacoma's policing agencies stepping up and saying mm-hmm. we're with you on this we're concerned and yet you know, we will see stories of you know uh, black teens getting harassed at the mall mm-hmm. and things like that so it's sort of like you know every day is a new opportunity to get it wrong if you don't have a really strong mm-hmm. emphasis on collaboration and community and discussion and de escalation and all of those things. And and
3: knowing what you're gonna do if you run into a problem. I yeah. mean you, you can't stop, you know, bad things from ever happening. I mean we that's been one thing where I can, you know, hats off to Sheriff Pastor, there are a couple of times where we've had bad cops pop up. Yeah. Uh, he's been quick to let them go yeah. um, or in some cases charge them. Um, so, you know, that it's not an easy thing to do because mm-hmm. you you have to have the confidence of the folks that you're asking to do this dangerous work. And, and you know, mm-hmm. they, they also need to have a lot of trust, especially for the folks. I mean, you know, when you're out there 45 minutes away from help, you right. know, those they have to like have a lot of leeway. So there's a yeah. there is a tricky balance between, you know, that sort of command approach and also trusting your folks on the ground to do the right thing. So they need to be well-equipped, but also, um, you know, you you have to have faith in them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Would you agree? Sure.
2: I would. Uh, I was thinking of um, mentioning the, the justice for Jackie and, and then Ferguson. I was thinking of uh, Deputy McCartney, Daniel McCartney, mm-hmm. who was killed uh, last year uh, out in one of these kind of exurb areas that we're talking about towards the south end and pastor had to rush out there and what I, and, and in light of this outreach thing i was thinking that there's this counterbalance that whoever takes this office has to be aware of where people in those areas are clamoring saying we want to feel safe yes mm-hmm. we don't like uh, the way things are going and 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 striking this balance between coping with Homelessness, mental illness, uh, addiction issues, opioid epidemic stuff versus people who are like, I don't like the way things feel mm-hmm. in this place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really difficult tightrope to walk. Mm-hmm. And, and the the worst part about it is those areas, they,
3: you know, you can see them uh, taking perhaps a darker path. Down, but, yeah. you know, I don't feel safe, yeah. so I'm going to take the lawn in my own yes. hands. And we hear it all the time. I mean, well, it's, yeah. it's something that comes up in those areas. So there is a I – w- I would say you know, one thing that I, I'm hoping to hear from the candidates is that they will continue to build on a community policing kind of approach where um, – each of the areas, the leadership gets some ownership over it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so for example, we have one lieutenant that is now responsible for each of the detachments. So the same guy that runs the Foothills folks is the same one that is in charge of the peninsulas, you know, and they're, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple hours away from each other.
1: So really all he can do is look at staffing numbers. Right.
3: So if, if we can bulk that up and that's kind of the next step, if that's the direction that the next sheriff wants to take, they'll have some folks that has more ownership over those areas. You know, with the community liaison deputies mm-hmm. that we've started to build on. That that those things are our progress in a direction as we've been able to return restore some staffing. But again, it's it's slow because, you know, it's not like we've just fell into a pile of money recently.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, that was my next issue was sort of the crime and safety piece. And I know especially I won't say in rural areas, but I'll say the sort of the exurbs, the, mm-hmm. you know, um areas just south of eighty fourth Street mm-hmm. in Tacoma, areas like that where the um you're they are seeing more people who are dealing with homelessness, probably drug, drug addiction, mm-hmm. uh, probably mental health issues, and they're worried. Mm-hmm. And they don't feel they feel like, you know, my quiet neighborhood was once a place where I felt safe and I don't anymore. And what do I do about it? And yes, a lot of them do uh, get their own firearms and you know double the locks and put the ring you know doorbell on the front door and wait. Yeah, that and that, it's a dangerous combination. That
3: urban uh, Pierce County um section, you know Parkland Spanaway, South Hill, Fredrickson, um it doesn't have you know it it's not it's not small town America. It, it is it's got real big city crime, as as uh, uh, Sheriff Pastor frequently puts it. Um, in fact, you would, I would argue, kind of disproportionate, unfortunately, yeah. um, compared to the population and of other areas. And so, um, it does require uh, pretty heavy policing, and, mm-hmm. and that's just a matter of you know, in, they're not sitting around uh, harassing people; they're running from call to call. Right. Um, so it's a. Uh, it's a difficult situation. Uh, fortunately, there's a lot of great uh, deputies out there, and they handle it like pros. But, um, but they're busy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think in one week we had like three cars crashed in chases, and you know, I mean, just you know, it's uh, they're busy. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Well, what about uh, the other thing I had written down was um, sort of political issues, and the first one I'll start with. Is um, sort of the gun advocacy groups. Mm. So there was a you know a group, the Washington Three Percenters, who came to the Pierce County Council earlier this year mm-hmm. to ask the council to uh, pass a um, memorandum or pass a, you know a, a referendum saying we Pierce County will not enforce the um, gun control initiatives that were passed you know two years prior. And I know they've also been – and Pierce County very wisely just said, thank you for bringing this to our attention and left it at that. And, uh, but they've also been going out to the elected sheriffs around the state mm-hmm. to say, will you agree and promise not to enforce these laws? And they have quite a number of sheriffs and a couple of county councils, down mm-hmm. like um, Cowlitz, <laughs> Cowlitz County, who have agreed. They're damn right. We are not going to enforce these laws. And usually the sheriff will say, I believe this is a violation of the Second Amendment. Therefore, I cannot, which is baloney. That is it's not the sheriff's job to decide which laws do or do not violate the Constitution. We have courts for that. But, you know, that is something that will come back whenever a new sheriff is, mm-hmm. is elected. And, you know, that I think is becoming more of a challenging issue.
2: <laughs> um. One thing that Pasteur was very good at was uh, sort of tap dancing around these kinds of issues while Mm -hmm. never quite actually coming down on one side or the other. Yeah. Very good at it. Uh, This county, it's not Lewis County. Mm -hmm. It's not Kitsap. It's not Kittitas. It's not King and it's in that in-between zone where, you, where you've where you got some hardcore red areas that are going to say, you know, my guns are my guns. And by God, you're not taking them from me. And then you've got areas in blue Tacoma where it's like, yeah, by God, we should do this. And mm-hmm. that's sort of the natural the tension that exists here that's mm-hmm. unique to this place.
3: Yeah. And you know, I first of all, I must defend my colleagues in Cowlitz because I was teasing them after they mm-hmm. dealt with this. And uh, the uh, one of the commissioners actually pointed out to me that no, in fact, the resolution that they passed uh, did not say was silent on sixteen thirty nine. Oh, okay. They just reaffirmed their support of the Second Amendment, and okay. that was left it at that. Well, that was you do their what you have to do, I guess. Ad, but the group has been claiming that they were supporting. Yes. It and I, I suppose. But anyway, I, I, just happen to know that because I'm active in our state association. But the, yeah, in fact, Paul, Sheriff Pastor has often joked uh, about the, you know, his. Colleagues who have taken this stand, and you know, the thing I always explain to people: the difference between uh, doing enforcing the laws of the state of Washington versus enforcing federal law is that we are constitutionally obliged to enforce state laws. Mm-hmm. That, like, like that's literally what we're for. We are we are divisions of state government. We are designed to enforce their laws for them. I mean, that's why our you know the courts, the prosecutors, the public defenders, it's all in you know county government. Um, and as part of that, he's obligated to enforce those laws even if he happens to disagree with them. Right. It then is would go to superior court and you know so on and so forth uh, to get decided if it is, in fact, unconstitutional. The federal uh, law, on the other hand, uh, under dual um, sovereignty, we are not obliged to enforce um, um, federal law for them. And mm-hmm. They can't commandeer us to do so. So oddly, the same people who are frustrated that we're not uh, ignoring the 1639 obligations that we have uh, for that act uh, passed by the voters, I might add, Um, uh, but do want us to enforce federal immigration laws, which Mm -hmm. is sort of bizarre because, you know, as I've noted, we don't have nearly enough staffing. So it's not like I've got guys just laying around waiting to do stuff for them and certainly are not going to violate the Constitution in order Mm -hmm. to do it. So, um you know, Sheriff Pastor has wisely walked a pretty fine line with those issues, uh, but he, I think he's had to the right line. It may come up in an open election yeah. because those since the last time we've had an open sheriff uh, uh, election, um, those issues have certainly heated up. And so I could see it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I find it a little bit frustrating because, you know, every every law enforcement or um, organization makes discretionary decisions about what to do. And we don't sure. – there's a, a good reason why we don't have a, a special emphasis on jaywalking. Yes. Right? You know, it would be a ridiculous use of resources even though that activity may be illegal. Seattle, on the other hand. Seattle, on the other hand. Careful about jaywalking. Walking. <laughs> you never know. But – so that's the thing. You know, it, it may well be well within the sheriff's mm-hmm. um, discretion to say I am not terribly interested in whether people are appropriately locking up their firearms – I am not going to detail any resources to that right now, but... I, I'm also not saying this law is invalid. Yeah. I'm just saying we're going to continue to focus on murders and burglaries and those sorts of things yeah, instead. And to be
3: clear, I don't think it's been a special point of emphasis. It's more reactive you yes. know, when they come in to apply for their stuff. I, I don't know the inner workings of the law, but uh, we process their yes. information. And- well, and
1: I think with the locking it up, frankly, that's more of a tort trap where if someone does use your handgun or if a child gets your handgun and it turns out you haven't had it properly locked up. There can be some really um, and that that was exactly liability. the
3: attorney general's uh, you know, advice. Yeah. In fact, it's funny because they, it freaked everyone out. But really, really, what he was telling the uh, sheriffs is that you know be careful with this because right. if a crime is committed uh, with a weapon that you know, didn't go, you were didn't properly enforce, um, you are now potentially exposing your county to uh, liability. I, and, I could
1: give you the names of the torts attorneys who will be calling. Oh them. yeah, and, <laughs> that's my fear. Yeah. So, well, what about immigration? Immigration is another hot issue where everyone sort of looks to law enforcement like, what are you doing about this? And it's really not in their bailiwick.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I think Pastor's approach has been similar to the previous question where he's, he's saying, we're not going to go do uh, ICE's work for them. Uh, I'm not going to actively pursue that. Uh, and he has been very canny in his his approach, recognizing that there's a significant constitu- constituency that's saying, you know, don't aid them in doing mm-hmm. this. Don't, you know, go mm-hmm. running around through our communities and rounding people up. And he's been sensitive to that. And I think that is not just a um, political position. I think that's sort of in keeping with where he's been. Yeah. So the next sheriff will have to navigate that as well. But it's going to be 2020 and 2020 is going to be a Could real be a year of change. interesting year.
3: And it's, you know, I mean, frankly, that is one where I normally I would stay out of the sheriff's policy business because, mm-hmm. you know, I figure they know law enforcement better. But, you know, that is one where, you know, if a new sheriff decided that um, they were going to take a different position. Right. Uh, and, for example, you know, I mean, here's the constitutional issue that I referenced is um, ICE essentially issues these orders. They call right. them. Um, uh, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh uh, warrants. warrants.
1: Yeah, they call them warrants, but they're not they're issued not. by a court. It's
3: literally a piece of paper that says, Give me this person. Yeah. Um, or hold this person. And that's yeah. the thing that, that the sheriff has said, You know, we're not going to do. Once a judge says, cut this person loose,
1: That's a we church. are
3: cutting them loose right. because right. I'm not going to violate the Constitution right. to help you out right. because you're not going to get sued and lose. Right. It's going to be my department. Right. Uh, so, however, if they do show up and say, hey, we, you've got a criminal that in your custody that we think is on our list and now that we see you've got an investigating for a crime, we want them. Mm-hmm. Um, that That is something that they would cooperate with. So mm-hmm. it is it is a bit of a delicate matter. Um, you know, I I think that's kind of the extent of the sheriff's involvement, though. It's mostly through the jail. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, they're not going to go out with um, them on raids or anything like that. Um, so it's really about that interaction between the jail and the um, and ICE. Mm-hmm.
1: So what, if anything, are you hearing around the county? Are people thinking about the sheriff's office or is it not really on their radars yet?
2: I don't think they're thinking about it yet because i think there are other more prominent shall i say national topics that are front taking and up, center
1: yeah that are taking all the
2: is there somebody else running on what could we possibly be? Uh, but i think I, I think there is a political component to this race that will that is subtle but it's going to be there um Doug Richardson's a Republican. Mm -hmm. He's always been a Republican. Perfectly fine that he's a Republican and he's been successful. Troyer, if he runs, is not a declared... Partisan either way. Yeah. I suspect he will not declare.
1: He, didn't he tell you he, was, he would run as a nonpartisan and just leave it at that? Yeah,
2: I think that was his first instinct mm. and maybe he'll stick with it and maybe he won't. And then if other candidates come in and, and, and where they declare, um, I, I think at least one of them that I'm thinking of, the name I've heard, would likely be more Democratic-leaning. Hmm. But the issue is even if the sheriff's race is nonpartisan – the partisan allies line up sure. uh, w- where they want to be, and that just happens. And what that means is that if that we, we don't have that many county-wide races here. And, and when we do have them, as in auditor, assessor, sheriff, prosecutor, uh, y- you see the way it breaks down. And my rule of thumb is if you're a Democrat, uh, you need to get about 62% or more in the city of Tacoma.
1: Yeah. To survive, to in the survive. Countywide. and county yeah. And then
2: hold serve basically in the rest of the county, which is more Republican
1: mm-hmm.
2: at, you know, maybe around thirty eight. Uh, and if you can't do that You can't win. You can't win. For a Republican like Damire, mm-hmm. our exec who will mm-hmm. be running for re election, uh, he has to beat those same numbers and hold a, a Democrat down a little bit mm-hmm. while you know running up the score in the county. Mm-hmm. Though that effect will be in play in the sheriff's race and that will be a hard thing i think for any republican next year yeah um
1: yeah good point i mean if there's ever going to be a year for democratic turnout it will be 2020 when you expect
3: well you know, <laughs> know here's one thing that's sort of been flipped on its head that uh, I, I think has definitely um happened here is that it used to be that um Most of the people that were tended to be more detached voters, uh, low proclivity voters, we called Mm -hmm. them. Um, And so the turnout would surge in presidential years. Yeah, We tend to think of them as Democrats. That's been flipped on its head a bit in recent years um, in that uh, as, uh, you know, higher proclivity voters, you know, primarily college educated, Mm -hmm. uh, suburban areas – um as that's gone that direction and working class voters have shifted to the um, GOP a little more, that you've you've seen the turnout thing sort of even out. So mm. I'm not as convinced that there's, yes, I think it's going to be a bad year for Republicans, but the the sort of you know like Obama wave kind of thing, yeah. um, I think maybe, you know, at least for the time being, at least muted
1: well, and maybe more so in this state than in some of the others.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and, and by the way, in Pierce County, what that also means is that there were, there was places where, you know, it landed very hard on the Republicans. My side of the bridge, for example, yeah, uh, went swung wildly in one direction, and that was just straight up people changing their minds on yeah. their on their partisan allegiance. Yeah. Um, whereas in other parts of the county, it flipped the, a little bit the other direction. So I'm just not a convinced, as convinced in a countywide race that that that. President Trump um, is particularly, like, going to tip things too much either way.
1: It may not be a significant factor, but hard to tell. I mean,
3: I think it's a, he, he's on everyone's ballot, you know, and yeah. he's, I, uh, clearly in all of our headspace. But mm-hmm. I, I just don't know that that swings things in one direction or another mm-hmm. just because everything's so – I mean, he's he's sort of stirred the pot, but does everything end up in the same – Place mm-hmm. as a result, so you may just get your votes from different locations, but are they the same number of votes? Yeah. That's the thing. I'm I, I don't know. It's it's still a working theory, but yeah. uh, if you look countywide, like how things landed in other legislative races, for example, you know the 25th is a great mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Democrats were saying, this is, oh, boy, two open house seats. This is us. Let's and go. they didn't get didn't either happen. one of them. Didn't, didn't even come close. Right. I mean, and we had fantastic candidates, frankly. So yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, that tells me that district is heading a different direction. Whereas mm-hmm. in the 26th, you know, we um, shocked the world, you know, going from a very conservative um, kind of right wing uh, state senator to very a liberal. young, uh, yeah. very liberal, um, uh, a gay uh, Latina woman. I mean, right. it, like yeah. you could not – have seen a bigger change
2: some unique features in that race though
3: true well there's that too
0: but, true. Uh,
1: well let th- me ask you this uh, um so my sense of i and i don't know uh, this isn't entirely fair but i a little bit of a sense of ed Troyer is kind of one of the good old boys you know when i've seen him at um political functions social functions he's you know hanging out with a you know former prosecutors and things like <laughs> that he'll do the little good old boy thing any uh, one waiting in the wings who's sort of a person of color or maybe a woman? Any possibility we might see some, some differences difference? I have heard converge? that possibility. I, okay.
3: I would say possibility for sure. Okay. Um Yeah. I couldn't tell you. And, you know, a little bit in defense of Ed, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, just to tell you how I, good old boy club or insider or whatever, I literally don't know the guy.
0: Like, I know right. that
3: sounds crazy considering he's been with the county forever and I've now been there for five years. But yeah. But I think we've had two conversations in my entire life. Hmm. So – it, like there's a there's sort of inside in terms yeah. of like it definitely an insider in the sheriff's department, mm-hmm. but is he like a political insider? Mm. No, you know, no. I, I, don't I think get he had a personal either. relationship with the. Oh totally. You know, uh, I think
1: it was more around the whole you know crime fighter, you know. Oh certainly. Things, I mean he's yeah. got a high
3: profile. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean in fact I would say most people and and you know Sheriff Pastor will joke about
2: this like. Most people
3: think he is the sheriff.
2: Right, sure. Currently, so. He's certainly not a fresh face. Let's right. Let's put it that That's way. That's true. There's another kind of weird factor here that is more – less party and more more kind of community to community, which is um, I, I think when you look at county versus city, um, Puyallup and Lakewood versus Tacoma mm-hmm. is sort of a big deal with – uh, you know, kind of the areas where, you know, Gig Harbor and the mm-hmm. surrounding are part of that. And th- the executive is from Puyallup from mm-hmm. the 25th. One of his main assistants is from Puyallup, uh, Dan Grimm. Mm-hmm. Uh, very old school. Uh, Steve O'Ban is another one of his main assistants. Yeah. Lakewood, very conservative. Tacoma, actually. Lakewood? Yeah. Steve O'Bann? Yeah. Yeah, he's from I my district. It was, I
1: thought he was in University Place.
3: He's just barely he's literally on just the uh west, west side of uh, 19th. Okay. Yeah, just barely though. <laughs> uh it
2: then, always
3: it always surprises people though.
2: Uh and then you get Richardson, who's the yeah. former mayor of Lakewood. Right. So if you're um, uh, I'm being facetious here, but you're talking about a kind of cabal yeah of the the, the Lakewood Puyallup. Yeah. Uh uh, you know, duo sort of pushing back against Tacoma with help from South Hill and oh, I think that's true. Parkland and Spanaway. Yeah, I think that's true.
1: I definitely think the the significant cities around Tacoma, like Puyallup, like Lakewood, are tired of Tacoma, you know, occupying all the space. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think they do. And I think we are seeing that in county government. That the the rise of the non-Tacoma cities.
3: You know what's funny is that Councilmember Roach actually got mad at one point and was and was talking about all these Lakewood people. Oh um, really? And and I that was the start of a interesting conversation where I point out actually Steve's from Tacoma. Oh that's funny.
2: <laughs> I didn't realize that, but yeah. I I think of him as Lakewood and in my mind. Yeah. He's from Lakewood, so that's that's where he should 28th be from. Twenty eighth, LD, Yeah, twenty eighth, you know, LD, Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, I, I it, yeah. it does make okay. sense though.
1: Well, we should wrap up. But any uh, final thoughts to share on this? It'll be a very interesting race, and I think it is. It does um, provide an opportunity for change—good change, bad change. Voters will decide that one, I guess.
3: I was just going to say it, it's been a very long time since we've had a true um, uh, sheriff election because you know. Uh, sheriff pastor was the appointed sheriff Mm -hmm. and then you got you basically have to go all the way back to sheriff janovich so who ended his term um in prison so there you go (laughs) so this is going to be the first truly open race in a very long time
2: yeah i think i'm going to be watching alliances uh because there's you know superficial level uh, backing and who backs who is going to be interesting. It's going to mm-hmm. be telling with both of these two and whoever else jumps in uh, to see who lines up behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, Richardson has campaigned before. Troyer's never campaigned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if, if he knows how that stuff works or, yeah. or what he would do or how to line up those supporters. And then if other, other players come in where will the key people who sort of are kingmakers, sheriff makers, right. Sure. Right. Uh, uh, sort of line up and how will that play? That's what I'll be watching for.
1: Be interesting. Okay. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you both for coming in. Um, listeners, if you have ideas for topics you'd like us to take up in the future, send me a message. You can find me on Twitter at True Tacoma. Also on Facebook. I have a Facebook page called True Tacoma. Or you can get a hold of us at Channel 253. Thanks.
2: Thank you. Thanks.
0: Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.